Hi, this is Bennett Tomlin with the Scientific Nutrition Update, the workday show where in five to ten minutes I give you my thoughts on something new or interesting in the world of health, fitness, or nutrition. For today's episode, I'm going to talk about my favorite sport, the sport that made me who I am, the sport that taught me leadership, the sport that gave me some of my best friends, football. Football is a particularly brutal sport, favoring size, strength, and speed in ever-increasing quantities with little advancements in equipment. There has been for a while now an association between football and a brain disease called chronic traumatic encephalitis, and there is a link to Parkinson's emerging also, but we're not discussing those today. Today, we are focusing on the link between football and heart disease. Be aware, there's a chance I get somewhat emotional or passionate while recording this episode. I played football for 10 years and coached for seven, and it was a very important part of my life. And it's very difficult for me to talk about this side of the sport because of how much football means to me. Okay, let's get started. While researching this, I actually came across a study I hadn't seen before from all the way back in 1958 that tried to look at whether people who played football, what their risk of coronary heart disease was. They looked at the health records of 355 men who had played football in between 1901 and 1930. The problem with the study is that it only looked at football players. There wasn't a control group of non-football players. So we're just looking at in-group differences between football players. And from that, it's about what you expect. Those who exercise more or weigh less are less likely to develop heart disease, which is pretty obvious and something we should have already seen coming. The big study that is what interested me in publishing this episode was published much more recently at the beginning of April. There's a couple of factors that the authors of this study point to as potential risk factors of heart disease that football specifically tends to contribute to. One of these is static hemodynamic stress, which was a new term for me, but I did some research and as best as I can understand it, static hemodynamic stress is surges of blood pressure when the cardiac output is relatively constant. So this will happen in like weightlifting, football, it's very short periods of intensity. Now, I'm not sure if I fully understood this, but that was my best interpretation of what I could find. If I misunderstood it or you can explain it better, just send me an email at sinutrient at gmail.com. Now, psychological stress is also a contributor from football they link to heart disease, which I can attest to. The mentality of football is the reason I love it, the brutality, the effort, the drive, but it takes a unique toll. The competitive nature, the continual grind, it wears you out. Then NSAID usage, like ibuprofen or Advil. I can also attest to this one because I know I personally, and many other people I know who played, popped Advil like they were candy, and we frequently went above the recommended dosages for these. Deliberate body mass gain, which again, you've got guys always trying to get bigger and stronger, and relatively low levels of aerobic conditioning, which I'm not convinced by. That may impact comparing a football player to another high-level athlete, because we don't have to condition in the same way, say, a track athlete does. However, compared to the average person, football players are still going to be much better conditioned than the average person. However, let's move past these factors and look at the important part, what the data says. So there was an initial alarm raised about the potential harm years ago, and that was based on defensive linemen having a two times greater risk of developing cardiovascular disease than the normal population. 
And remember, we are comparing athletes to non-athletes here, so we should expect the incidence to be lower in the athlete group, in the trained group, but it's actually twice as high. And to further support that we should be seeing a lower rate, the overall mortality rate of football players is actually 50% lower than the general population. So if we expected a similar reduction in cardiovascular disease, then we're seeing a rate that's actually even more than two times higher, maybe as much as four times higher than what we would expect. The worst part of all the data out there for me, it's the worst for linemen. Possibly three to four times worse for a lineman compared to a non-lineman. And the effect seems to be significantly worse for defensive linemen than offensive linemen. And I'm not sure why. However, after controlling for everything else, anyone with a playing BMI over 30 seems to have approximately a two times higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease, which is huge. Now, this kind of makes sense to me because linemen are the ones who have to carry the most mass and we have the least incentive to participate in longer aerobic conditioning because our specific type of play is very short, very intense, but very brief. Now, even more interesting to me is there was a, an increase in fasting glucose levels for linemen even after controlling for weight, which I have no good explanation for, but it's not a good sign. It is disheartening to, for me to see this data about a position that means so much to me, that I played for so long, and that I loved so much. Please realize, when I'm saying all of this, it is coming not from a place of hate, not from someone who hates the sport of football, but from a place of love, from someone who loves football. This is a very hard thing for me to do, and I'm not trying to say you shouldn't play football. That is a very individual decision. I do think that the people who choose to participate in football deserve to know about these kind of risks. If you enjoyed this episode or if you learned something new, please consider sharing it with a friend. If you have any thoughts you want to share with me, send me an email at scinutrient at gmail.com or send me a voice message on Anchor. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember, you can always find show notes for this episode and others at scinutrient.com forward slash podcast. That's scinutrient.com forward slash podcast. If you find any great journal articles on anything you think I might find interesting, email them to me at scinutrient at gmail.com. If you have any other questions, send me a voice message on Anchor, and I'll try to answer them on this podcast for you. If you want to learn more about intermittent fasting, consider checking out my book, The Optimized Guide to Intermittent Fasting. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps more than you know. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, live long, live healthy, but most of all, live happy. Oh, thank you.